You are listening to the Mercy View podcast. Mercy View exists to be a gospel-centered family of missional disciples to the glory of God and for the city's good. For more information about Mercy View, please visit our website at mercyview.com. Now, let's taste and see that the Lord is good. Let's read God's word together. Please stand with me. We'll be in 1 Corinthians 12, pick it up at verse 1, go to 11. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you, when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To you, to, for to one is given through the Spirit an utterance of wisdom, and to another an utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. And to another, interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good evening. Good to see you. Welcome to Mercy View. My name is Brad. I'm one of the pastors here. And just to echo Ryan, if you are visiting with us, we're honored that you're here tonight. And if you're watching us online and visiting us, we are honored that you've joined us uh, there as well. A couple quick announcements just want to tack on to what Ryan uh, shared with you. We're excited to say that uh, beginning next month, the first Sunday of next month, we are going to begin a new rhythm as it relates to communion. Um, we are going to, on the first Sunday of each month, for the time being, uh, celebrate communion together. And so we'll want you, know, you to know that, want you to be here for that, so that you can uh, celebrate that with us. If you are still unable to come uh, and hang out with us here uh, in person, if you're watching this online, we want to let you know that uh, the elements for communion will be available to you to pick up the day of. So, uh, so that first Sunday in March, if you need those elements... Um, they'll be available in the uh, in the foyer. Just come by before church, and we'll uh, we'll get those to you. Secondly, just want to remind you of something that I mentioned last week. Uh, I, I told you last week that uh, we are in a series uh, on the Holy Spirit, and actually, beginning tonight and next week, we are talking about uh, a category of spiritual gifts that. Uh, is uh, probably the most talked about category as it relates to the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, some people call them the manifestation gifts. Some of them call them the miraculous gifts. But we are spending some time over the next couple of weeks to, to look at that together. And unfortunately, because we're trying to keep these services tight, um, there's a, only so much that we can accomplish here. And you'll see that here in a moment um, as we just jump in. But uh, uh, we know that there needs to be more discussion and more conversation around this. And so one of the ways uh, that the leaders of Mercy View would like to serve you is we are going to have a town hall, a spiritual gifts town hall on Sunday, March the 14th, right after that church service here in this room. 
um, and we want to invite you to be a part of that if you have questions. Now, we've already started to get some questions from you. Some of you have emailed me personally. Some of you have emailed uh, other leaders or talked to other leaders and, 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 and asked them questions. We just want to make sure that you know that one of the things that would be really helpful for us is as you listen to these sermons over the next couple of weeks, start jotting down your questions and either send them to us at info at mercyview.com or text them to us at mvconnect at 94090 or be ready that evening to ask your question. We'll have uh, a way for you in real time to also ask those questions uh, as well. So just a heads up, uh, Spiritual Gifts Town Hall, Sunday, March 14th, right after church, 6.30ish, um, here in this room. Would love for you to be a part of that so we can continue the conversation about these gifts. Um, we are in a multi-week series called Third Person, uh, the Present Power of the Holy Spirit. And what we've been doing in this series is, do, is looking at that very thing. What is the way or ways that the Spirit wants to move in our own lives and in the life of this church? And we uh, have spent a lot of time looking at just who the Holy Spirit is, uh, what He is about, the, the kind of work that He does in our lives and in the church. But really, a couple weeks ago, we began to talk more specifically about this broader category of, of gifts of the Spirit or spiritual gifts. Uh, two weeks ago, Ryan uh, shared with you from Ephesians 4. Uh, last week, uh, Trey shared with you from Romans 12. And this week, we're going to continue that conversation. What uh, Ryan did two weeks ago was talk about what are typically known as the, uh, uh, what are typically known um, as the ministry gifts. And what last week Trey did is talk about what's typically known as the motivational gifts. This week we are, again, entering into to a two-week uh, run on what are known as the manifestation or the miraculous gifts. We're kind of doing a series uh, within a, a series. And so tonight, um, as we jump into this, uh, this topic, I really just want to invite you to see one big thing. And it's, it's really something you've already heard the last couple of weeks, but we just want to keep pressing this uh, in as we, we talk together, and it's this. The gifts of the Spirit are given to the church for its flourishing. Let me just say that again. The gifts of the Spirit are given to the church for its flourishing. So whether the category is motivational or ministry or manifestation, whatever uh, you may find your giftedness is in in those categories, we believe that the Lord has given you that gift so that our church collectively can flourish. So um, we need to talk about a few things before we jump into some of the specifics about the manifestation gifts. Um, so um, let me just share those with you real quick, and uh, then we'll look at our passage tonight. First, uh, here at Mercy View, um, we have been asked what our position is on these gifts many, many times over the years. And here's what our response has been. It's been, hey, we are uh, a continuationist church, um, uh, theologically, but practically we're still trying to figure out what that means. And so over the years, the elders and other leaders here at Mercy View have had a lot of conversation about this, but um, at the uh, tail end of the last covenant renewal, it was very clear to us that our church body wanted to hear more about the present power of the Holy Spirit, wanted to hear more about these gifts, for example, and we really felt we needed to take some time and get prepared to have that conversation and preach on it and teach on it. And so really for the last year, the elders and leaders here at Mercy View have been doing that very thing in a more focused way, in a more intentioned way. And so um, 
we're excited that, that what we're doing really is laying down some of the first planks uh, of this idea of what it means for us to think about and practice this category of the manifestation gifts. Now, it might be helpful really quickly to just briefly define what it means when we say we are continuationists because um, there are a variety of, of beliefs about these gifts. And I would just say real quickly, um, there are good brothers and sisters who um, believe differently about the gifts, the, these gifts, than we do. But we love them and they're teammates of ours in the gospel. We're, we're together. Like we're not against them in any way. We just disagree with them uh, on, on where they come down on this. But uh, um, when we uh, define what it means for us to be continuationists, here's what it means. We believe that all of the gifts that the Spirit initiated in the early church are still in operation today, and the church today has full access to those gifts. Now, I wish we could take some time to really build that out for you and explain more about that. Um, we just unfortunately don't have time to do that. Some of what's gonna happen in tonight's sermon is a, is a way to get at that, is to talk about the way in which the Spirit, we think, continues to give these gifts. And so I think that'll be helpful for you. But if you are just clamoring for more of like, what is Mercy View's position on this? How did you come to this position? Well, first of all, the Bible is, is where we started. But we would encourage you to look at uh, one book in particular that has been really helpful for us as we've thought about these gifts. It's a book called Showing the Spirit by D.A. Carson. D.A. is a, a, a solid, conservative, orthodox theologian, um, and uh, he actually, that book is, is his interpretation, the exposition of 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, and he does a great job of articulating uh, in a, a somewhat technical but also a very accessible way uh, what our position is. And so I would encourage you to grab that book. Um, if, if you've already read that book and you want to read more, come and find myself and uh, I'll give you some more reading material. But that book in particular has been really helpful for us um, next to the Bible. Now, second, one of the things that can happen um, when we start talking about this category of gifts uh, is because there's some, it's talked, these, these gifts are talked about a lot and debated a lot. There's some, some heat around this. Um, in a subtle or even an overt way, uh, it can come across like this particular category of gifts is somehow more important than the other gifts we've talked about leading up to this week, uh, these next couple weeks. I mean, we're spending a couple weeks on them, so just from a quantity standpoint, it may look like we, we think these are more important than what we've already talked about, but I just, we just need to say on the outset, that is not the case. You just heard Ryan read this, verse 4 of, of 1 Corinthians 12. Paul says there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And then down in verse 11, he says, all of these gifts are empowered by one and the same Spirit, and this is key, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. What is Paul saying here? He is saying that there are a variety of gifts, and all of those gifts are equal in significance and meaning. Um, Maybe we could say it this way. There is no hierarchy of gifts in the body. They all come from the same God. They come from the same Lord and the same Spirit. Someone with the gift of mercy edifies the body in the same way that one with the gift of prophecy does. But let me explain why we're saying this as we jump into our, um, these next couple weeks on this, this, uh, this topic. 
each of the three categories that we've looked at or are looking at, ministry, motivation, uh, manifestation gifts, are like three legs of a stool. If you are, and this is what we're saying we are, a continuationist church, and you don't teach or practice the miraculous or manifestation gifts biblically and in order, you actually functionally only have two stools or two uh, legs of the stool if you're truly engaging in the ministry uh, and, and uh, motivation gifts. So we're not attempting in these next couple weeks in any way to elevate the, the miraculous or manifestation gifts over and above the other categories we are just trying to make sure that the third leg of the stool is in place, the miraculous, so that the Spirit is, as Paul says in verse 11, 1 Corinthians 12, is free to apportion to each one in mercy view individually as he wills. That's the, the point that Paul is making in 1 Corinthians really 12, 12 through 17, if you look at that. We didn't read that, but Paul as saying every member of the body has gifts and they're needed for its health and for its flourishing. We don't want to get in the way of what the Spirit wants to do among us. So we want to make sure that we are um, all three of the stools of, of the gift, uh, all three legs of the stool uh, of the gifts are in place here that, that the Lord is able to, and the Spirit is able to move among us. So I hope that's helpful as we jump in. So if you would, Let's, let me map out for you real quickly what we're going to do over the next couple of weeks, and then we'll jump into our passage. Today, we are going to look first at um, really the broad understanding of the gifts of the Spirit that Paul is, is teaching us about here in uh, 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, which again, you're gonna, it's gonna, some of this is going to sound very familiar because it's building on what Ryan talked about from Ephesians 4 two weeks ago and what Trey talked about last week from Romans 12. And then secondly, we're going to briefly uh, look at some of the lesser discussed manifestation spiritual gifts. Then, next week, we are going to take a deep dive into the four bigger, kind of more talked about and debated manifestation gifts. Healing, miracles, tongues, and prophecy. So if you came tonight, want to hear about that, you have to come back next week, okay? That's where we're going to do a, a deep dive into that. So if you would... Look with me uh, at the top of 1 Corinthians 12, if you have your Bibles with you or your electronic devices, beginning there in verse 1. Let me give you a little bit of context um, as we jump into uh, this passage. Really, from chapter 7 on, Paul appears to be addressing a series of questions that were being put to him uh, from his friends in the Corinthian church. And in, in what he's doing is, this is a letter that Paul wrote to his friends at the church. If you look back at verse 7, verse, excuse me, chapter 7, verse 11, uh, Paul says, Now for the matters that you wrote about. So someone or some, a group of people had written to Paul, and Paul is now addressing those questions. Now, Paul's aim from chapter 7 on is not only to present his own sort of apostolic judgment, on, on these matters, but to really bring together groups of people in the same local church who were arguing over those ideas. He wants to see unity. Now, chapter se from chapter 7 to chapter 12, there's a variety of, of topics that Paul addresses, but we're looking tonight uh, at the topic that he addresses in 1 Corinthians 12, which is, 
at one, in one sense, at a broad level, just spiritual gifts in general, but in particular, the manifestation gifts. Now, I want you to notice that right off the bat in verse 1, Paul uses the broad term spiritual gifts. And what he's doing is he is setting the stage, I believe, for a discussion later on the category of manifestation gifts down in verses 8 through 10. And, and he does touch on it in 1 Corinthians 13. And then he, of course, comes back to it uh, in, in full thrust in 1 Corinthians 14. But here's what I want you to notice. Paul by using the broader category of spiritual gifts and then going on to talk more specifically about the manifestation gifts, he is including rather than excluding the manifestation gifts in the larger category of all spiritual gifts. Are you with me? All right, let me just say it this way. Um, In this section, he is saying, look, I'm talking about spiritual gifts. And as I talk about the broader category of spiritual gifts, I'm also going to talk to you specifically about the manifestation gifts. Again, there were some issues with this at the church in the Corinthian church. And um, he is saying, look, these gifts are a viable and necessary part of the body of Christ. And by placing the manifestation gifts in the broader category of all spiritual gifts, and then going on to correct and to instruct its use, Paul is in no way prohibiting the use of those gifts. Um, Rather, he is affirming its genuine and appropriate use um, in the body. That's why he uses the language, look there at verse 8, if you would, real quickly. Over and over he says, for one is given and he follows that by a manifestation gift. Is given. You can't really get around that, right? We believe that Paul, this is Paul's affirmative view of the use of, of manifestation gifts in the body. Again, that, that does start to touch on um, why we are what we would call ourselves a continuationist church. Up to this point in our history, though, that's been more of a theological uh, proposition um, rather than a practical outworking. That's sort of what we're trying to, to do is to start to think through that and talk out loud about the second part. So first, let's do this. Let's look at Paul's broad understanding of the gifts of the Spirit Uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, and really really through 14. And um, remember, as we do this, we are including, uh, Paul is including, the manifestation gifts as a valid category of gifting in the church. So here's the, again, the big idea I want to invite you to see this evening as we start to do this. The gifts of the Spirit, including the manifestation gifts, are given to the church for its Flourishing. For the sake of time, what I want to do is just highlight a few ideas that we see here in 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, sort of in bullet point uh, fashion. Um, and so here we go. Let, let's do this. First, spiritual gifts are doxological. Spiritual gifts are doxological. In verses 2 and 3, Paul is saying about all the spiritual gifts, including the manifestation gifts, that the ministry of the Holy Spirit is not to promote himself, not to promote any man, but to point to Jesus, right? It's meant to bring about a greater worship of Jesus. The point of spiritual gifts isn't to point to us. It's not even to point to the Spirit, but rather to point to Jesus and to grow greater love and, and worship and devotion 
towards him. Spiritual gifts first are doxological. Second, spiritual gifts are diverse. We've already kind of said this, but let me just press this a little bit more. In verses 4 through 6, Paul makes it a point to say that there are a variety of gifts. There are a variety of service. There are a variety of activities. Paul is affirming that this is something that we should see in the body of Christ. We should see a variety of spiritual gifts. Or said another way, God intends to help the church flourish through a beautiful diversity and variety of gifts. That's why he goes on in verses 12 through 28 of 1 Corinthians 12 to use the body metaphor, which this is the third time you've heard it because in the previous weeks when Paul's talked about the other gifts, he uses this metaphor. And that's on purpose because he wants to really drill down for us that, that um, um, this diversity of gifting is meant to express, this, express itself in a local church. In fact, if you look down in verses 28 and through 30 of 1 Corinthians 12, Paul uses this rhetorical device, right, of saying, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret? What Paul is doing in that is saying, no, not everybody does one thing. There are a diversity and a variety of gifts in the body. And all of those gifts are needed in the body for it to flourish. Spiritual gifts are diverse. Third, spiritual gifts are democratic. Now, let, hang with me here. Don't get hung up on that word. And yes, I'm doing this. All these words start with D. I'm a good Baptist, I guess. But um, democratic. Here's what, here's what I mean by it. One of the definitions of democratic is this of or for the people in general, um, of or for the people. Verse 7 says, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for what? The common good, right? Paul is saying the gifts of the Spirit uh, are, are, are meant to be used for the church's good, for our collective good, for our communal good. It's not just for you individually, but rather it's to be used for our common good. God desires for Mercy View to be healthy and to be fruitful. And one of the ways that God does that is by giving gifts to the body. And these gifts are, listen, intended to not build you up, first and foremost, but to build up the body, right? You heard that phrase two weeks ago with, with when Ryan talked about it from Ephesians 4. That's one of the big purposes, if not the purpose, of the gifts that God gives to us. He is intending to build the body of Christ up together. The gifts are for the people in general, to strengthen and to renew it and to revitalize the body as a whole. Spiritual gifts are, are democratic. Next, fourth, spiritual gifts are discretionary. Again, verse 11, all these gifts of the Spirit are empowered by one, and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as He, God, wills. So just real simply, in God's providence, in God's wisdom, in God's sovereignty, He dispenses gifts to the body of Christ um, at His pleasure. He distributes them, He allocates them, He allots them, these gifts, as He determines because He knows what's best for Mercy View. He knows what's best for our local church. 
And so as we open ourselves up to the way in which the Spirit wants to use our gifts here, God will, in a discretionary manner, as He wills, according to His pleasure and His sovereignty and His wisdom, He is going to dispense those gifts here at Mercy View. Spiritual gifts are discretionary. Fifth, spiritual gifts are discerning. Uh, we didn't read this, but uh, down in the next chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, Paul begins 1 Corinthians 13 by saying this. Let me just read it for you. He says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but not love, I am nothing. Paul is saying that we need to discern what's in our hearts as we use our gifts. No matter what category your gifts are in, we've got to check ourselves. Are we desiring to draw attention to ourselves and our giftedness and our abilities or the love of our fellow Mercy View partner and ultimately God? Are we wanting to serve our fellow partner? Are we wanting to love them? Are we wanting to do our, our part in building up the body? Or are we just wanting to show off? This is especially true if you're gifted in upfront and public giftedness. Am I wanting to be seen or am I wanting to serve? Here at Mercy of You, we want to be driven by love as we express our gifts in the body. So in order to do that, spiritual gifts are discerning. We have to discern and check our own hearts. But lastly, and this is an important point here, spiritual gifts are deferential. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Down in 1 Corinthians 14, verses 26 through 33, Paul highlights the fact that the expression of spiritual gifts, in particular the gifts, uh, uh, the manifestation gifts, um, they are to be done in a particular way. And the, the, the way that Paul uh, talks about this, the word wording that he uses, he says they, it must be done in order. It must be done in order. He talks about how God is not the author of, of confusion. So here's what, what that means. It actually means a few things. First, uh, it means that spiritual gifts aren't pushy. Gifts are to be used in a humble and respectful and orderly way. If you're imposing your gifts on people, uh, you aren't using your gift correctly. But second, it also means this. In a local church... Spiritual gifts are used in the context of a community that you're accountable to. And within that community, there are leaders who you are ultimately accountable to as well and are, and are called to submit to. And so, in other words, rogue spiritual gifts um, aren't biblical. You just using your gifts disconnected from a, a community or leaders, um, that's not what um, Paul is talking about here uh, in, in 1 Corinthians 14. There's a context in which our gifts are to be, to be used. But third, and this is a big one, our spiritual gifts must be tethered to the Bible. It is always word and spirit. There is nothing the Spirit is going to um, um, invite us into that doesn't find its, its, its being, you know, tetheredness to the Word. It, there has to be consistency there and an integrity there. If an understanding or an expression of 
the Spirit doesn't line up with the Bible, it's not being used correctly. Spiritual gifts are deferential. Now, that is uh, Paul's sort of broad teaching in 1 Corinthians 12 through 14 about uh, the gifts in general, but also, again, as a category, the manifestation gifts are included in all of those points. What I want to do here as we close tonight is I want to look at some of the lesser known or lesser talked about uh, manifestation gifts, um, and, and then we'll land the plane. Uh, and then again, remember, next week we're going to look at the, the ones that are more known, more talked about, more debated, uh, miracles, prophecy, uh, tongues, and healing. So let, let's do that. Uh, um, look with me, if you would, at verse 8 of 1 Corinthians 12. In verse 8, we actually get um, two manifestation gifts that sound very similar. And in some ways, they, they are similar. Um, but let's just kind of talk about them together. In the ESV, I think the language, it, it, sh- it says the utterance of knowledge. Um, you may have heard it described as a word of knowledge. But also you see a, a phrase, the utterance of wisdom which is also many times known as a word of wisdom. The problem that we really face here in 1 Corinthians 12, 8 is it's the only place that these gifts are mentioned in the New Testament. So for us to understand uh, what Paul is really talking about, we have to let Scripture interpret Scripture and, and look at some other places. And we're not going to be able to go very deeply into those, those places, but just to say that um, probably the best place to always start in order to make sense of things like this is to look at the life of Jesus. And we do see examples of this kind of gifting in the life of Jesus in his ministry. But we also see it in the life of Peter and Philip. And um, we actually see the church at Antioch um, uh, experience this particular gift. We see Cornelius um, and others. Theologian D.A. Carson that I mentioned earlier, he, he really thinks that these two gifts are essentially one and the same with a slight distinction, as he says, in shading. But let me just define it for us, and then we'll we'll go ahead and move on to the next gift. But the manifestation gifts here, the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, are the unique ability, abilities, I should say, to declare knowledge or wisdom that could only be revealed supernaturally, especially in an important situation. Could you say that again? Word of knowledge, word of wisdom are the unique abilities to declare knowledge or declare wisdom that could only be revealed supernaturally, especially in an important situation. Now, one of the things that we may need to cover in the town hall a little bit more is as you hear that, you might say, well, Brad, I I feel like I'm a wise person or I'm a knowledgeable person. I feel like in certain moments um, I uh, experience wisdom or knowledge supernaturally. Um, This is not to say that you don't do that, but what we're trying to make a case for here is to say there seems to be uh, a distinction that Paul is making that there is actually a gifting that some people have supernaturally to do this. Um, It is something that they are particularly gifted in more than someone who may from just time to time in a spontaneous way have this happen to them. And so um, this is a distinct category of gifting that Paul is saying some of you might, might have. Now, let's look next at verse 9. You notice Paul talk about the gift of faith. Um, this is actually one of my spiritual gifts. Um, uh, the New Testament 
talks a lot about faith, for sure, uh, but it doesn't explicitly refer to the gift of faith outside of 1 Corinthians 12, 9. So the best way, I think, again, to define the nature of this gift is to look at how Jesus defines it in his ministry in places like Matthew 17 and 21 and, and Mark 11, and then how Paul references those teachings of Jesus in 1 Corinthians 13, 2, when Jesus says in the Gospels, in his ministry, he says this, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move, right? Actually, we just saw in 1 Corinthians 13, uh, 2, we read it a while ago, that, 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 that Paul is referencing that particular kind of faith. Here's what Jesus is teaching about this gift. This is, this is a special faith that is mysterious and likely, according to my, our friend Sam Storms at Bridgeway in Oklahoma City, says spontaneous rather than permanent, surge of confidence which rises within a person in a particular situation of need or challenge and gives extraordinary certainty and assurance that God is about to act through a word or an action. All right, that's a mouthful. Let me just read that again because this is really our definition as well of what we believe this is. The miraculous gift of faith is a special faith that is a mysterious and likely spontaneous rather than permanent surge of confidence which rises within a person in a particular situation of need or challenge and gives an extraordinary certainty and assurance that God is about to act through a word or an action. Again, some of you here are like, Brad, I have faith. And you are called to have faith. The scriptures call us over and over to have faith in God. What we're talking about here is a distinct category, a gifting that, that uh, is supernatural and special. And um, it, it rises up in certain moments, as, as Sam says here, uh, to, to meet a particular situation or challenge. Now, what's interesting about this particular gift is there is a close connection between this gift and the gift of healing, which we're going to talk about next week. Uh, and so you'll want to stay tuned for that. Come back next week and see how those things are connected. Lastly, if you would, look with me at verse 10. Verse 10, the gift of discerning of spirits. The gift of discerning of spirits. Again, here we're not given a definition. So when we look at the life of Jesus in particular, this gift seems to be the ability to distinguish between what the Holy Spirit does, like genuinely, how the Holy Spirit works, and what another a small s spirit uh, does and works, or perhaps even a human spirit. Now, the small s spirit many times is a demonic spirit. It's a spirit that's coming from the enemy. A human spirit over and against a, the Holy Spirit typically is in the form of a false teaching or a false teacher. And so this is a special ability that God gives, gifting that God gives, that is intuitive in nature. Um, this gift distinguishes spirits or it distinguishes between spirits. It's a supernaturally enabled sense or feeling concerning the nature and source of the spirit. Again, this is a distinct category that Paul is, in, is seeming to indicate is given to believers, certain believers at his, again, at, at his, in his portioning to his will. All right, now those are the sort of three or four lesser talked about 
a lesser known maybe manifestation gifts, but Paul is, again, in talking about them, he is not saying you are to like prohibited from using these gifts. He's actually saying, I want to affirm that these are valid gifts. They just need to be used correctly. Now, next week, we're going to talk a little bit more about how to do that. Um, tonight has been a little bit more teaching than preaching, but next week we're going to look at what are some of the ways that we even do these things well. Um, and, uh, and of course, we're going to talk about some of the other manifestation gifts and how those are to be practiced and exercised in the church. But I just want to, as we close here, I want to ask a question. How are we doing? How, how are we feeling about this? This is, in a lot of ways for us at Mercy View New Territory, some of you come from different experiences and faith traditions where this is brand new information. And I get that. I understand that. We want to serve you. If you have any questions, any concerns, any fears um, about this as we start to talk about this. Some of you have come from faith traditions um, that have practiced these gifts um, in an unbiblical manner. And so maybe this is helpful as we start to walk into this to sort of unlearn some stuff and, and, and learn uh, what the scriptures really do teach about how these are to be both understood and, and practiced. At the top of this sermon tonight, we said at Mercy View, we are unapologetically continuationists. That means we believe the gifts that we just talked about are available to you. The question is, what do we do from here? What do we do with those gifts? What do we do with the gifts we're going to talk about next week? And, and how I want to answer that question this week is, is sort of at a very high level from an application standpoint. So again, as we process these ideas and how we are supposed to apply the truths of these, these verses to our lives, we've been really helped and really encouraged by our friend Sam down the road at, at Bridgeway in Oklahoma City, which by the way is a sister church of ours in Acts 29. Um, we love Sam. We love Bridgeway. We've had some folks that have come from Bridgeway to, Mer to Mercy View. Um, uh, Ryan was a, an intern at Bridgeway at one time before he came back to, uh, to Mercy View with us. Um, here are some practical things that I just want to encourage you with as we close tonight. Um, as we think about like how we both understand and practice uh, these gifts. First here, begin to pray to God and humbly ask Him for these gifts. Some of you don't know that you're gifted in these ways, but the Lord want, is desiring, He wants to uh, give this gift to you. And so I want to just ask you to begin to pray that, that God would give these gifts to you. But at, at the same time, acknowledge and embrace from the outset that you don't do anything to force God's hand in that. Whether or not He reveals something to you for the edification of another person is entirely dependent on Him and His will not yours. If God chooses not to bless you with any of these manifestation gifts, this does not make you a JV Christian, right? We said earlier that there is no hierarchy here when it comes to gifting. It just means that you're gifted in different ways. Rest assured that he has other equally important plans for you and, and, and how he wants to use you in the life of Mercy View. Second, monitor your heart's motivation. As you pray, as you pursue these gifts, be certain that your longing for this sort of gifting is your love of God and your love for your fellow partner here at Mercy View. Not the attention that the gift might bring you. Spiritual gifts are first and foremost to build up the body, not you. 
If you're desiring a gift because it makes you look good, I want to ask you to repent of that and ask the Lord to humble you under his mighty hand. Third, learn from others who are already operating in these kinds of gifts. Identify who they are. Seek them out. Ask them questions. Listen to their stories. Learn from their mistakes. Be encouraged by their successes. If you don't know who those people are, even among us here at Mercy View, come and grab me. Grab Ryan. We'd love to connect you with those people. Fourth, immerse yourself in God's Word. Meditate on who God is, what He's like, and how He's communicated to others in the Bible. This will help you discern whether or not it is God who is speaking through you. Right? We said earlier, it's Word and Spirit. God will never speak in a way that contradicts the Word. The Spirit will never speak in a way that contradicts the Word. There will never be anything that the Spirit reveals that is inconsistent with God's character or God's ways. Fifth, I want to encourage you to cultivate humility. Um, say things like this, like if you are sensing that the Lord is using you, um, using the manifestation gifts in particular with someone else, say something like, man, I, I may have missed this, but I think God may have put something on my heart for you. If this doesn't make any sense, you won't hurt my feelings for telling me so. That's not hedging as it relates to manifestation gifts. That's humility. So we want to be about humility here as we express the gifts. We'll talk a little bit more about that next week. Um, avoid the temptation to see uh, to say, "Thus saith the Lord," right? Or, or this is the will of God for your life. Again, we'll talk more about that next week. Lastly, again, practically at a high level, just want to encourage you in this way: if you think that God has revealed something to you for the edification of someone else here at Mercy View, I want to ask that you share that in confidence with a trusted and mature Christian friend or leader here at Mercy View who can help you process that. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing less spiritual about that. There's, there's nothing like more spiritual about getting that and, and just you know going to that person and telling them that. I think as you're beginning to explore and experience this and practice this gift, it's really, really helpful to go to a trusted and mature friend or leader and say, hey, can you help me with this? There is wisdom in the counsel of community. Let me close here. Why are we talking about this at all? Um, some churches honestly um, either avoid 1 Corinthians 12 through 14 or they're cessationists, which they just believe that the gifts have ceased, the manifestation gifts have ceased. We just, we just don't hear mercy of you. And so the reason why we want to talk about this over the next two weeks is that we believe that the church desperately needs an infusion of the supernatural activity of God in its life and in its ministry. We're not advocating a sensational approach to Christianity, again, nor do we believe that someone who has the gift of prophecy uh, is more essential or more spiritual than someone who has the gift of mercy. But the church is woefully, woefully short of life-changing, Christ-honoring power of the supernatural activity of the Spirit. Uh, let me just speak for mercy of you. We are woefully short in that here. We need that. We need more of that. Knowing that these gifts, the manifestation gifts, are available and understanding how they function in our church body 
are, it's essential if we are to experience this kind of supernatural infusion here at, at Mercy View. Friends, spiritual gifts are nothing less than God himself in us, energizing our souls, imparting revelation to our minds, infusing power to our wills, and working his sovereign and gracious purposes through us. It's one of the foremost ways that he desires to do that. Gifts are God going public among his people. So we want God to go public here at Mercy View. That's why we're talking about this and really this whole series within a series talking about these gifts. So we want to ask you, will you join us on this journey? Will you join us as we seek to discover the ways in which God desires to infuse into our fellowship supernatural activity that's meant to build up our body? Let's pray together.